0: Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio today. My name is Kevin Pierce, and I will be your host. Today we'll be discussing how being intentional in our communities opens up opportunities to reach the lost. We have with us today Drew Murphy. He is the pastor at Fayette Baptist Church in Fayette, Tennessee. Drew, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Kevin.
1: Drew, tell us a little bit about yourself. Grew up in Memphis and um, a part of uh, Raleigh Baptist Church. Got a wife and three daughters. And uh, we are currently at Fayette Baptist Church, like you said, in Fayette County, Tennessee. And uh, just have a heart for people and uh, I'm enjoying uh, doing ministry.
0: Well, uh, tell me a little bit about your, uh, you said you had how many kids? Three. Three kids. And, and tell me your, their names. And...
1: Kylie, Kinsey, and Colby, and uh, 15, 13, and 8 years old. And they are actually uh, here with us this week uh, at Camp Carson. And uh, they are uh, a bundle of joy, and uh, we uh, uh, homeschool those girls, and uh, they love Jesus. We're excited about being here. And your church is a, is a, a church plant? Yeah, we're a church plant. Actually, uh, <clears throat> neat being here. Um, this is the first time I've been back to Camp Carson Uh, since we were here um, about seven years ago at Church Planners Boot Camp. Awesome. And uh, grateful for the TBMB and uh, just the time and energy they put into us. And uh, we uh, planted our church uh, in Fayette County, Tennessee, um, almost seven years ago. Well, tell a little bit about your passion for ministry. I was very, very grateful. I grew up up in a Christian home and grew up going to church from a baby. Uh, My dad was actually on staff doing recreation and administration at uh, Raleigh Baptist in Memphis. They've since changed names to Bartlett Hills Baptist Church. Mm, yeah. And so he was there for uh, for about yeah. 25 years. And so uh, seeing him do ministry at church uh, gave me kind of a, a different and unique perspective behind the scenes mm. and uh, got to see uh, his love for people when he he showed me different things in ministry along the way, but never saw myself really doing ministry vocationally. So I went off to school and uh, during that time period was very grateful. I had a Student pastor at that same church I grew up in, Rusty Willington, he came to our church and just began to pour into us. And I'd never seen someone that passionate about uh, about students, mm-hmm. and so I was a senior in high school, and um, his uh, his impact on my life, along with my dad's, played a major role in me actually coming to Christ my senior year in high school. Oh, and wow. So went off to school, and um, he called me uh, over the Christmas holidays in college. Uh, Rusty did my youth pastor and said, "Hey, let's let's meet for." for breakfast, I want to talk to you about some things. And so we met up and he posed the question, uh, would I be interested in being an intern mm. in the summertime? And so I said no at the table very reluctantly because mm. I hadn't been saved uh, a year. And so uh, we uh, went back to school and prayed about it for a few weeks. And uh, he called me again and said, man, I'd really like for you to, to do that. Long story short, Agreed to come home and be an intern at my home church uh, in our student ministry for a summer. And uh, throughout that summer, being at camps, being with kids, uh, intentionally just kind of being in their lives that that summer really, God used that to really get a hold of my heart and uh, intern for another few years and really since God lead me into vocational ministry, specifically with students. And yeah. so that was kind of the jump start into ministry.
0: Right. Well, let's uh, let's start right where you're talking about our camp. And I, I think it's fitting. You're here at camp or a camp pastor for Super Summer. And so you've been doing the camp work for a while, especially as camp pastor. Why is that such a draw to you?
1: I think, I think camp ministry, for if, if you talk to student pastors and if you talk to evangelists, they would tell you there's something so unique and sweet about being at camp. And uh, when you see students get just disengaged from their world and culture for a week or for three days or whatever how long that event or camp is, it's neat to see uh, just what begins to take place, unfold in their heart. Uh, you see transparency, you see vulnerability, uh, you see uh, light bulbs begin to go off. But really, it's just seeing seeing students worship the Lord, seeing students learn, uh, seeing students really open up their heart to the gospel and being able to witness that, but not just preach to them. Uh, you get to sit with them at, at dinner, at lunch, at breakfast, you get to hang out with them. You get to know their backstory and uh, to hear where they've come from and to see what God's doing. I don't think there's anything more satisfying than seeing a teenager uh, just go from darkness to light and see that light bulb go off. Yeah. So
0: Now, what is it like? I mean, here you are, especially this week. This week, this has been a phenomenal week at Super Summer, and you're going to go back to your church. And, you know, it's is it a letdown or do you are you still fired up or do they do your congregation feel your enthusiasm and excitement of what God's done?
1: I hope so. I think for me, one of the things that's happened, I was actually thinking about that last night because the way this week has gone. And of course, you've been here. You've seen things Mm -hmm. transpire as well. God's done. Just an amazing work this week in many yeah. students' hearts. We've seen we've seen groups challenged, and uh, I think going home, what God's done in my heart is seeing what God's done here. Uh, I think it's a constant reminder for for camp pastors, for for the for the band, for youth pastors, for pastors that are here with their groups. I think when you see God work like He's working here. And you see the intentionality taking place and the passion. I think God uses that to remind you that that he's wanting to do a fresh work in your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, being a pastor of a, a church back home, mm-hmm. when I go back home, there'll probably be a little extra oomph uh, <laughs> uh, on Sunday. Um, but but I'm excited to be able to share just what God's done here to yeah. the kids with our congregation. Uh, and to mobilize us to pray, and uh, and I, I think I think uh, I think God's used it definitely to, to spark my heart.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I wish I was sitting in your congregation Sunday, and and, and just <laughs> to don't feel know. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's uh, shift gears and move to your church. So so tell us a little bit about what uh, your church is doing, and you know, an exciting work at you. <clears throat> sure.
1: Like I said, we're we're we'll be turning seven in August. We'll celebrate our seven year anniversary. And it's kind of crazy to think about that. When we started seven years ago, we launched in August of 2012. And uh, as a church plant, very grateful for for all the partnerships, grateful for the TBMB, um, without uh, the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, without uh, the Mid-South Baptist Association, mm. without uh, our two mother churches, First Baptist Millington, Faith Baptist Bartlett, without our supporting churches, Trafalgar Village, we also had uh, Barlett Hills Baptist church and, and really many others that came alongside us. We wouldn't even exist right now. So I'm, I'm very grateful for all of the partnerships that have taken place throughout the Tennessee Baptist mission board, whether yeah. it's a local church or the associations or the convention, but we met uh, actually in a uh, local junior high, West junior high in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we launched, um, we were learning as we were going, believing God for big things. And, um, from day one, just saw God do uh, just a radical work in people's lives. We've actually seen more adults saved at our church than than students and children, yeah. uh, which that's usually reversed. Yeah. Most of the time, it's it's your youngest generation, and it moves up, and it's, it's a little less as it gets older. Um, but in our community, we had a lot of people who didn't have a church home, mm. never experienced church life. Um, so we've seen families come and uh, we've seen moms and dads, uh, husbands and wives get saved. Hmm. And it's had a massive effect on their family. Wow. So it's been a unique situation for yeah. us with our church plant. Yeah. So our three year anniversary, God uh, opened a door for us after year one to, to find some land in an old car dealership yeah. on Highway 64 right there in Somerville. Yeah. And so we, uh, we purchased that and, and gutted that car dealership and uh, added a few more buildings and we're able to move in on our three-year anniversary to our, our new facility. And um, since then, um, we've always, from day one, tried to have an intentional impact and effort in our community. Right. And so one of the things that's taken place is we, we've we engaged a, a local uh, apartment complex. And uh, as we engage that apartment complex, we we met with, with several different pastors, uh, different cultures, just to get feedback from them on, hey, how, how would it be best for us to go about ministering uh, in an apartment complex that demographically looks different from us. Mm-hmm. How can we be the hands and feet of Jesus intentionally right. there? And so after meeting with them, spending time in prayer, um, laying out the vision before our church, we had close to 15 people that said, I want to go every week and, and just be a light to this this community. Right. And so we, we took about four weeks to train um, as a church. And on Wednesday night, starting three years ago, we, we had about 15 people that began to go to um, this local apartment complex. And uh, each week uh, while we were doing ministries and classes on Wednesday nights at our church campus, mm-hmm. um, these folks would, would engage uh, this apartment uh, complex with the gospel. And that's taken place in various ways. Um, as, as we started off, we really wanted them to know that we were there, to love them, to build relationships with them. And so we were playing basketball with the guys. We were, we were doing some backyard Bible clubs with kids but really just more just less just playing games and having fun first mm-hmm. um, we were meeting with ladies and playing cards and mm-hmm. board games and just doing life with them it took about one year of going every single week before we saw uh, really a trust and an openness mm-hmm. and uh, after about one year um, God began to open up some doors and since then we're in year three now we've seen God just do some radical things we've seen a lady there that, that gave her life to Christ Uh, not only give her life to Christ, but she gave up her apartment Mm. so our ladies could meet there to do a women's Bible study. We've seen kids, adults, men, women come into our church. And we went to the apartment complex uh, never with the intention that, hey, we're going to come here so y'all can come to us. Mm. But we came there just to reach them with the gospel. And so now after three years, um, every single week, we've got men, women, boys and girls, teenagers uh, that are actually coming to our church on Sundays and Wednesdays. And I think they're finding community and so it's been a neat picture to see. And I think that we've been able to be a blessing, I think, to our community through that. But really, I think the community has blessed us and the, the, the people we've engaged, the relationships that have been formed. Uh, it's been a massive blessing. So that's, that's one way we've seen God work. Another way we've seen God work, we started a restoration recovery ministry about three years ago. And we started off simply with just uh, a class on Wednesday nights. We went through a, a a curriculum called 180 Degrees Ministries, just begin to minister to people that, that were dealing with different addictions in their life. And um, we've seen God take that now to where uh, we started a work life program. Um, we had someone in the church that heard about our vision and the and the passion behind that. And they uh, they went out and bought uh, actually a, a building um, that's that's in a, a business community and gave it to the church. Wow. So we, we converted it into a clothes closet and food pantry on one side and an apartment on the back side. Mm. And uh, we are, have actually been open the past year, and uh, every single week we've been able to, to to touch our community intentionally through food and clothes. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we're giving them the gospel. Right. Um, and so uh, that's been a, an awesome thing to see God do. Through that avenue, we're, we're hoping and praying that God would open some doors for us to, to have a home for, for women that are de- dealing with different domestic abuse issues mm-hmm or substance abuse issues to come and uh, just experience Christ for us to love them, share the gospel with them, for them to live there, Mm -hmm. go through a program, but also a house for men to do the same. So those are some things God's doing in our community intentionally.
0: Have you seen, uh, I know you uh, have interacted with so many people with just all kinds of different issues. Do you see some sort of common struggle that your community is really struggling with, that you've been able to try to engage more so, or you're still working on engaging in.
1: No, I would say exactly what you just said. Through the restoration recovery, what we're finding is there there are a lot of people who have substance abuse issues, and they've never gone through a program um, that's Christ centered. Mm. They've never uh, they've never experienced and looked at their issues from from God's perspective, and so as we've sat down with them, um, we're not sharing things specifically, maybe that they would think traditionally would help their situation. Mm-hmm. But when they're hearing about Christ and God's love and they're being engaged with the gospel, uh, and that's being done intentionally on a weekly mm-hmm. basis, what we're finding is is people are being set free from their addictions yeah. because they realize that that who they are in Christ mm-hmm. is, is so important, but that through Christ, He can help them overcome that addiction. So a lot of it has been a really just a spiritual issue mm-hmm. they've been facing of just submitting to the Lord, living it within His strength to help overcome that. And so we've seen men, women, we've seen college students, uh, we've seen them come to the place in our life where they give their life to Christ. And through that relationship, um, they've moved away from those addiction issues. And so it's been neat to see testimony after testimony of that happen.
0: Yeah. What are some challenges that you as a church face trying to do all this?
1: The biggest challenge is, and I think every church would probably agree with this, whenever you want to want to start a ministry or do something like this, and you know this from being at camp, um, just having a, a vision and a dream and seeing the issues at hand of, well, how can we do this better? I think one of the issues we're facing is we're seeing a lot of people that have, that have issues in their life, and many of their issues that are hurting them directly or indirectly are attached to the environment that they're in. Mm-hmm. And so, as we reach people with the gospel, Fayette County is a unique county. There is such a widespread demographic there, yeah. um, and so you see that played out. And so, for many of the people that we're reaching, um, we're seeing that the next step for them to help them move forward in their relationship with Christ um, is the 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 environment that they're living in. Mm. It, it really has an adverse effect on them. Mm. So there's almost a ceiling sometimes because uh, they'll give their life to Christ or they'll 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 make some strides spiritually. But it's almost like there's a chain there, kind of holding them down, and we've seen that it's, it's directly or indirectly attached, oftentimes to to their living situation. So for us, um, we're praying through and processing. God, how do we how do we do this? We know that that housing is not cheap, and so financially, there's there there are areas we're praying through as a church to go. God, how do you, how do you want us to attack this issue? Uh, do you want us to attack this issue through trying to provide some type of alternate housing? But I think that's how God's brought about too. Uh, We've seen people in our church that we've actually been able to recommend to go off to a place called John 316 Ministries. It's in Carrollton, Arkansas, and it's a place for free for for men to go that deal with different different addiction issues. And um, they stay there for three to six months. And um, God's using that ministry to reach people. Uh, they're dealing with issues, but a lot of that is because they're getting the, they're getting Christ centered uh, relationships every day. But they're living in this in a place that's a safe environment, right. that's a wholesome environment. So, uh, for us as a church, we're praying and processing. God, how can we? Start a, a house for women. How can we start a house for men? How do we staff that? How do we do that? So, your prayers, prayers from from others across the state for us in that area is greatly appreciated.
0: Yeah, well, that that is such a difficult area. I know that uh, locally, I, I'm, I know uh, a, a guy in his twenties that it uh, was in jail here in, in our county, and while he was in jail, he came to know Christ from one of our churches that are very active and and uh, ministering to those inmates well he came when he got out of jail he didn't want to live he knew about his setting right. he couldn't go home to his own family right. because he would end up in the same place and so he ended up living in a tent for a while wow. uh and uh, the church tried to help <laughs> him get some food and make sure he's fed he came would come and visit the church a few times and they were trying to figure out what to do and uh, but uh you know he ended up falling back in because he had nowhere to go and here's a twenty year old couldn't get a job because he had been in in jail and and knew his life needed to change, but he was stuck there, and uh he needed a little bit more and a church which was not you know it's not like that they have done a bad thing it just didn't know what to do absolutely and and so uh you know that does make an impact and we can
1: really impact people's lives but
0: uh well share with me as a pastor uh what is what do you struggle with what's your biggest challenge (laughs)
1: uh well doing student ministry and uh is a little different than being a a, a pastor and uh love doing uh, youth ministry being a student pastor um, but but moving in the role of a senior pastor, um, definitely has had challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, one of the biggest things uh, that's been a challenge has been just understanding all the different roles and hats that a pastor has to wear. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm naturally more gravitated to people mm-hmm. and uh, and just shepherding. Uh, love hanging out with people. I think if I could just go hang out with people every day and just sit and talk and yeah. uh, and, and, and just love on them and encourage them. Uh, talk about Jesus I think that'd be what I want to do every day but but also realizing that um, there's administrative pieces to that there's there's obviously um, uh, sermons you have to prepare yeah Um, and so uh, there's there's a future vision that you're constantly praying towards going, God, what do you want for our church? Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think balancing all those, uh, those areas, it can be difficult. And I think too, you know, you love your people mm-hmm. and uh, and whenever you see your people struggle, um, I think it, it hits your heart in a, in a different way. And yeah. so, Um, man, you're grateful for, for seeing God work and seeing lives change. People say you're grateful for seeing people come into church. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but in the midst of that battle, um, you also see people that are struggling spiritually and people that you've grown to love and they begin to kind of fall away. So I think it can, it can hit your heart. I think also in in addition to that, um, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but my own personal life and my family, you, you want to be, I want to be the best dad. Uh, I don't want to sacrifice my family uh, on the altar of the ministry. Uh, And so making sure that I love my wife and my kids um, and that I'm I'm being uh, more intentional and proactive with them Mm -hmm. And that my vision for my family is greater than my vision for my church. Yeah. That can be difficult, uh, especially when you're driven and excited about ministry. So those things, just making sure those things are balanced, those priorities are right, uh, that can be difficult. Uh, but I think most importantly, just the prayer life of, of a pastor in our church. Mm. I, I think if I could go back and do ministry over again, there's a lot I would do differently. Mm. But one of the things I think I would do differently that's really convicted and hurt my heart more is just... Prayer or the lack thereof, mm-hmm. and uh, and so just setting aside intentional time for prayer, um, and really believing and trusting God in prayer, and getting our student ministry to pray, getting our churches to pray, and so those are those are things that challenge me as a pastor, probably in more ways than than others. Yeah,
0: and, and you know, prayer is so critical, and I thought I don't think we really realize uh, what uh, God does with our prayers, and I think that I think a pure example, and I wish that people who are listening could really experience this. I, I know we've had like we just said we have, have had a credible uh, week at camp and God has moved and I really believe it's because of prayer. I, I agree. People were praying before camp absolutely uh, started before these kids came that God softened their hearts and when when they got here God showed up absolutely and so our uh, the, there's power in that and, and and God does incredible things and. Uh, you know, I encourage our listeners. Please pray for for Drew. Pray, pray for your own pastor. That's right. If you're a pastor, a minister, pray for your uh, uh, co pastors, co ministers, for your deacons. Pray for your, family, which I know you do. Uh, but but anticipate that God's going to do something. Amen. Uh, I had a professor in seminary. He says you 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 need to anticipate that God's going to move. I agree. 100%. And, yeah. So hey, uh, Drew, I really appreciate you coming and sharing your heart. You. And it's been a great uh, week to, be able to get to know you and see you sharing your heart with these youth and seeing how they're responding to God using your your lips uh, to say His word. Uh, so, uh, I appreciate you just sharing also about, uh, just sharing about your vision for your church and how it's impacting your community.
1: I appreciate that. And Kevin, can I just say one thing real quick about, uh, I want to just comment on, um, this place mm-hmm. for me. Um, first time I've been back to, um, Carson Springs since since church planners boot camp seven years ago. Yeah. And I uh, just want to encourage um, all of our pastors across the state um, being here this week. I appreciate Kevin's leadership. Uh, he's helped me out tremendously even speaking here this week. But we've got a great camp here and uh, there's a lot of uh, awesome things taking place. The facilities are great. Um, but but most importantly for me, and uh, this is a great encouragement, the spirit of y'all's leadership here and the heartbeat of the camp, uh, I think, is what sets it apart. And so I appreciate you and appreciate all y'all are doing, and I want to encourage everybody to pray for our camps mm-hmm. and uh, to consider coming to be a part if your church doesn't. Thank you, Drew.
0: Also, I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us today on our podcast. It's been a great day. Uh, We would love to hear from you. Please send us an email at ccinfo at tnbaptistcamps.org. Until next time, I hope that you'll look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more
1: information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.